comes sweeping down the plane. Yeah, put them in the hot seat. Better grab your popcorn and get comfy while they talking. The greatest show ever, got the greatest host ever. Talking about this statement, it's the greatest home ever. Baker always got it, and Max is on the hot street. With DJ Oreo, man, it's the Oklahoma hot seat. What up, what up, what up, we're back. What's up, buddy? I feel the consistency with the shows. We're actually doing it week after week. Now that we've figured it out and um, your home bar yeah. has allowed us to record here yeah shout out to uh justin and the crew here at the tolson for uh taking us in we were we were homeless for a few weeks we were at your home well yeah i mean yeah but studio wise right but yeah it's shout nice. out to uh to the tolson appreciate you for uh yeah letting us uh take it's up nice some space. i really yeah. like it yeah this is gonna be really nice yeah especially for the things that we're gonna add and there's no kitchen echo no, there's really not. There's no and the dog. No dog. No dog. No dog. That's good, though. Yeah. So, yeah, consistency is good. I, I, I like what's going on here. We've got an exciting show uh, coming up today. Give us, yes. a little, give us a little info about what we're about to get into. We got, we got our, our sh- show friend. <laughs> Double time. Our frequent uh, our frequent, a, a frequent uh, flyer. Yeah. Frequent flyer, Travis Davidson. Awesome. Cardinal Clump. Trey's Bar and Grill. Yeah. Down in uh, South Tulsa. Yeah, so we're going to get into some of the things happening down there between uh, Trey's and Cardinal Club. We're going to tackle some some COVID talk with business and things like that, and then also maybe uh, hint at uh, some new things he has coming up as well. So yes. it's exciting to bring somebody back, even though he's back. It's been it's been almost a year. Or yes, been it has, and and he came first. He was our first yeah. ever guest, opening up a new restaurant. So the effects of COVID and everything, and and the you know, the adjustments that he had made to make that business successful and also still provide for the community during that time. We're talking early days COVID, but right. It's right now we're in, we're in later days COVID. Later. later yeah. Days. But it was really good to have him on. Um, stay tuned. Check yeah. it out. Yeah. So Here. we're going to jump right into it right now. Here we go. That, that means we're live, right? Right. We we're, are. We're, I'm, just fi- I'm, I'm just fixing this. You're trying to get everything together. I, I, I'm sorry. Close enough. I said, what, 1240-ish, and I got here at like 1255-ish. But looks like we're good to go. Yeah. Come on over here. Come on. I, you can do it. I forgot my belt at home. So. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, it's a- He's got enough cords in the back of his Corvette. You just tie it, tie it off. Yeah, good right? Lord. Oh. I don't know how it got so bad I don't in know. your car. I don't know. I mean, don't. I mean, don't look in the back of my car or anything, but like, you know, I got my, my dry cleaning. I, I wear all these crazy loud um, dinner jackets at Cardinal, and over time, you know, they started to smell a little bit like cigar smoke, the smoke from the kitchen, whatnot, because we, we smoke our tomahawks, and the other day I was in the office, and I, I have them all hanging up, and I was like, yeah, it's time to get these to the dry cleaner, but, you know, they're, so they're still in the back of the car, but, you know. Do, 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 the, do those smokers... You you told me last time, but I, I just got a hasty bake, right? Yeah. So last night I wanted to shower, but I just couldn't. I was just too tired because yeah. I smelled like all that smoke. Mm-hmm. Does yours put off like a crazy amount of smoke like that? Like, does it smell? 
it puts off a, a lot of smoke, but keep in mind, we're doing it under hood vents. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that just draws the smoke straight up. So um, it's going to have, you know, and it's got a smokestack on it, but I bet my guy that stands above the smoker all shift would tell you that he smells like smoke. Right. I don't. I feel like smell. I still smell like it. I mean, I was going to say something, but. But it smells good. Well, I was going to say that you needed a shower, but I didn't. I wasn't talking about the smoke. You know. I was oh, just, right. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. What a way to kick things off. No, today. I, uh, right. I, I like I like the smoky smell, but it it was funny. Somebody came in the other day. Um, they were in for lunch, and I popped in. I could smell the old uh, medication, the cannabis, mm. uh, out front, like in the parking lot. I'm like, oh god. So I walked in and asked my server. I was like, who's here? She's like, she named two members. One, um, like. Younger, real cool guy, but, um, like, a little more progressive type guy. Right. Uh, and then the other one's, like, white hair, bow tie, like, cigar smoker. Like, I don't think he's ever probably smoked marijuana in his life. See, that's a problem and with And they're it, both though. back in the lounge, and I'm like, Jesus. So, I, I go back and talk to the other guy. I'm like, hey, man, can we, I can smell in the parking lot. Can we tone <laughs> it down? Yeah. Just, I, was, I was just like, take an edible, bro. Right? It's the same thing. No, it's not. No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. To. No, I, I get it. Yeah, I just wanted. I know. Past, past experiences have taught me I'm I'm not a, I'm not a smoker. I tried. Yeah. I tried it out. Not a big smoker. Then I then I did try the edible thing at one point, and yeah. I realized the difference between those two. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, it was a different experience. So I just walked away from them both. Oh, I gotta spit out this dip. I'm sorry. Right. You guys go. Yeah, we're good. We're just talking about life experiences we got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had to walk away. Yeah. But, yeah. I, they, alcohol they alcohol does it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, I've been drinking almost three years because yeah. because I had to walk away. Yeah. I had to make that that choice. Yeah. I uh I've never I think it's because I've been I think I've been in at least on the ownership side of things long enough where I'm like every time I mean I'm i I'm constantly surrounded by amazing wine, amazing bourbon, all this stuff. But I look at it and I'm like, I could drink that or I could sell it. And if I sell it, man. Yeah, and I realized money. how much I was I was uh, spending on drinking. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Wow, I would budget." Yeah, it's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm going to go out this week and I'm going to spend a bill, or I'm going to spend this much, yeah. or whatever." And then I was like, "Wow, this is really in your budget. You should save your money." Yeah, it was it was with me. I'm like, well, you know, you go to a you know liquor store or whatever, and it's you know a bottle of Crowns, thirty, forty bucks, whatever. But I'm like, man, if I drink that, man, I could have sold that at the end of the day for like four hundred bucks if I charge by the drink. Man, I can't. I wouldn't you spend four hundred dollars on a bottle of Crown yeah. in Vegas. I don't know. I'm, I, I apologize for that. <laughs> oh hey, oh hey, now I'm back. back. Um, I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, your first guest ever. We had Maxwell. Indeed, that was a bit interesting. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask you. You know, we you were first opening Cardinal Club then, mm-hmm. and then the pandemic hit. Yeah, actually, the I mean the the Tulsa World. They always have their Wednesday table talk, which is their uh, big restaurant review. Scott Cherry does his review, and he usually puts it in the Wednesday paper. So he came in late February, early March, and we had just opened February 8th. Got through Valentine's Day weekend. I was like, hey, man, I know you're coming to review us. Please don't come on Valentine's Day weekend. <laughs> um, and I was like, give us a couple of weeks. He's like, no, no, it sounds great. So um, he came, and you know, I knew it was about to be like the 11th. I looked in the paper. It wasn't there. And then – one of my Tulsa World people reached out to me and was like, hey, it's, it's going to be in the paper this Wednesday. I was like, all right, cool. 
I'll make sure and I don't get I don't get the world. So it's like I'm like sure drive by Quick Trip, get all the copies, you know, get one for my mom, get one, you know, whatever, right? And uh and we worked so hard to make sure everything went right. His his dining experience went great, so I knew it was gonna be a real positive review. And then man, once it hits the Tulsa world, it usually just takes off. Well, I walk into Quick Trip, I get the paper, and the front page says Eatery's closing. And I was like, Oh God. I literally like I just stared at the front page and the guy was like, so do you want to buy that? Or I was like, uh, yeah. So I opened it to the review and I turned it and I was like, that's my restaurant. Whenever it's not illegal to go in restaurants again, you should come see us. <laughs> I was like, what are, what are the odds that a once in a lifetime global pandemic it shuts down restaurants on the exact day that the review comes out in the paper? Right. Ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> that's your second restaurant, though. You're right. So, going from that, and you guys are a semi-private yep. restaurant. Mm-hmm. You guys are certain time for members during, like, lunch, right? Yeah, so what we found was, you know, any business tries to fill needs, right? Fill voids. So, we found that South Tulsa had a lot of business people that were taking clients out to lunch, but um, they were going to crowded restaurants, um, loud restaurants um, with small tables, uh, not a lot of room for um, presentations or, or paperwork or if they're home builders, maybe some plans for a house, uh, something like that. So uh, they were going to places that were generally just bad for business meetings. And I was like, man, there's a lot of businesses moving out to South Tulsa. I mean, uh, you look at downtown, I mean, that's why a lot of them are being uh, changed into housing and all kinds of stuff. And people are getting really creative with that. It's been fun to watch. Um, but a lot of people are, are officing, you know, out south. So we needed to fill that void. But South Tulsa desperately needed more fine dining opportunities, uh, especially with Bixby's growth and Bixby's um, effort to get more high-paying jobs actually working in Bixby for the people who are living in Bixby. Um, so... I was like, we can be an asset to the public for the fine dining, but we can be an asset to the business community during lunch. So uh, I still get messages. I mean, I got a message earlier today. Hey, can I make a reservation for dinner or is it private? So we're, a, we're almost a year in, and it's still, because it's, so, it's such an odd concept, people are still, well, if I'm not a member, I can't come in. I'm like, no, 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 it's public. So I'm, I'm generally, like, I'm legitimately curious how much of Tulsa – truly still thinks they can't come. Right. Because it's got to, I mean, if people are reaching out and at least asking, then there's got to be a sizable portion that isn't. And it's just like, it's easier to just assume, oh, I saw a private something, says club in the name, right. probably can't go. So it's been interesting. Did you, did you make any major changes during that time? Like, because I, I know you did trays carry out. Yep. But as far as Cardinal Club, did you, what major changes did you have to make during that time? I know you did meals to go. Yep. So during the shutdown, we did uh, uh, both places, um, did family meals, a um, lot of comfort food, chicken and dumplings, meatloaf, uh, stroganoff, uh, cabbage rolls, things like that. So we wanted to serve a lot of comfort food, and then we did a ton of delivery. Part of the thing with restaurants, the third-party delivery services are so expensive, and in that time, we had never done them before just for that reason because I've seen horror stories from, I'm in a lot of national restaurant groups, so I've seen horror stories of, like, screenshots of people's bills, and it's just outrageous. And part of the problem is 
hey, we're getting you all this, all this business. Look at all this business we got you. I'm like, yeah, but you made more money off that business than I did, and it crashed my kitchen. Right. So the people that are actually in the restaurant are having a worse experience because this third party is just now making more money. So what I did was I just delivered for both places um, food anywhere that, that people right. needed it. I mean, you delivered us food at the dealership, yeah. Well, I was looking on Facebook when all this was going on, and you were delivering this stuff like yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. just No, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, it's one of those, like, it's... It's one of those things people people enjoyed, you know, seeing the owner and whatnot. But also, if if there was ever a question like, "Oh, hey, can we deliver to there? Hey, can we do this?" That there's there you're taking the middleman out of it, right? Like, I don't have there wasn't another employee delivering where they had to call and ask a question. Hey, this person actually wants blah blah blah. What do I do? Like, I could I could make the decision instantly and, and yeah, because I, I would see and it. it it was great, but it was also kind of humorous because I would see people that would post pictures and you're at their doorstep with their food and they were taking pictures. And it was kind of cool because people wouldn't normally expect, you know, the owner guy, he's out there making yeah. the deliveries and, and being social. Customer service is so important yeah. nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Well, and because it's just, it's non-existent with so many. I mean, everybody preaches up front. I mean, I've, I've got many vendors through the restaurants and, oh, what sets us apart is our great service. Blah, blah. And then... Six months down the road, they're they're just like everybody else, but, right? Because um, it's easy to cut that, right? Um, it, when it comes down to the bottom line, you're like, oh, you know, uh, do we really need? Can we can we outsource that? Can we, can we do we really need a call center here? Do we need, really need that? But I felt in that situation, the reason I liked delivering was uh, I, I feel it's similar to Russell Westbrook wanting to get the rebound because then okay, now the now now the ball's in my hand, like the ball's in the playmaker's hand, I can push the offense. That's how I felt about so it. So did you see being able to? make the deliveries, go to people's places and stuff like your relationships with new people started to grow. Obviously, like there are people that were ordering stuff that may have not ever even went to the restaurant before, but they were like, oh, we've heard about this place. Let's order from there. Then you're offering, it looks like some other menu items. So have you seen personal relationships grow from that that have now granted you new customers? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I don't think we'll see, I don't think we'll really know the full answer to that or at least to the degree until everything's back to normal um, for those obviously can't see us, those were air quotes, um, but <laughs> normal. So I think we will definitely um, definitely see that. What was really cool was, um, you know, seeing seeing the support. We've been very involved in the community, especially through Trey's, uh, with Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and Bixby Outreach Center and the Bixby Chamber, all, all kinds of uh, local organizations, that it was, it was cool to see kind of the community lift us up um, and have the, the shoe on the other foot. Um, so yeah, building those relationships was, was fantastic, but also strengthening the relationships that we already had with the customer. So, I mean, there's, you're, you're definitely going to have a stronger relationship with somebody when you go to their home. Right. Like it was interesting. It's also interesting putting a house with a face, like, you know, like name faces is one thing, but right. you're like, Oh, and then you realize sometimes, you know, you deliver food out to them and maybe they live 20 minutes away and you're like, Thank you so much for making us your regular spot. And when there's a hundred places that are closer, so it's definitely an information gathering uh, process, no doubt. I'm just curious. You know, you've stepped up into the community and, and helped in several different ways with all your charities that you do with your Trace Burger and all that stuff. Have you found that you're able 
to provide more of your menu from Oklahoma and also supporting the community that way? I mean, how much of your menu would come from Oklahoma itself? Um, like during this time, like, did you try to like go out and try to like source it from Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with trays, especially, um, like Tulsa beef. It's, it's funny when people come like food vendors will come by like, Hey, like an opportunity to earn your business. We've got this, that, and the other, you know, one-stop shop. But then I'm like, well, I get locally ground burgers delivered fresh. I get locally baked buns delivered fresh. I get like, I mean, so that was something that kind of we already, we had already made a focus uh, when we were making the menu. Uh, we wanted to create relationships with those local businesses, uh, uh, not only just to support neighbors and things like that, but I mean, it's, you get better service when, when, you know, you know, the person that's grinding the meat, you know, the, right. you know, the owner, you know, the person that's baking the bread. Uh, everything like that. So, and you might pay a little more than what the what the big companies can get for you, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'd, you know, it's worth the worth a couple of pennies. Right. I mean, trenchers they they do all their they bake yeah. all their bread. That's yeah. just what I, I mean. It seems like more and more restaurants, especially, you know, I, I heard and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like all your like you yourself, you're you're not a big corporate restaurant, so you're a locally like. But there's no lobbyists for you guys during this pandemic. There, you know, for all this extra money. And then I know that Governor Stead just recently reversed his curfew on bars, right? Uh, yeah. And you got you guys have been fighting yeah. that. I don't know. About, I don't know. <laughs> well, he, see, he that's what I don't know. It was more of just a. Um, um, it was more of a evidence finding. Yeah, he basically went to the ORA um, and the attorneys and everybody got together and they were like, "Hey." Um, we need to shut you guys down at eight. And then Ora was like, we can't, we can't do that. He goes, well, we'll have to shut you down if we don't limit your hours. Ora is like, our industry can't survive another shutdown. Like we already saw businesses close on the first shutdown. It would be catastrophic. Everybody who emptied their savings accounts just to make it to May 1st. Well, now those, those savings accounts didn't, we didn't just go gangbusters over the last seven months and make more money than we've ever made. You know, it's still been slow. So nobody's been able to, save back up so um but yeah the the decision you know obviously got sued there was a um you know the able commission wasn't enforcing it and there was a a restraining order against the restriction there was all all kinds of legal stuff going on but yeah it was i was thrilled to see that that 11 p.m changed one thing and i think i said this on Fox, it was, we needed to make sure as restaurant owners, bar owners, things like that, that we, because we were given the gift of being able to open back up at, or open back up until 2 a.m., that we don't become now irresponsible and then give them reason to then drop the hammer harder. Like, oh, okay, we uh, open back up till 2 a.m., but now all we see is, you know, people crowded, no masks, licking handrails, whatever. Um, you know, if they depends see, on where you're at, I guess. <laughs> you see a bunch of stuff like that, then that just gives them all the opportunity to come back in and say, hey, you know, we tried to work with you guys, but now we're shutting you guys down. So, um, but I'm glad a lot of, obviously coming up through the service industry, a lot of friends that uh, were deeply affected, still have been deeply affected by uh, the specific 11 p.m. rule that never really made a lot of sense in the first place. Right. I didn't, I didn't get it. I don't know. I mean, I I think it might have been some of 
pushback on other people in his ear and different things like that and maybe looking at some data from some other states that have completely shut down or whatever else but i mean like you just said i mean it wasn't like you know even me with djing i didn't dj for two to three months there was there was right. nothing yeah. so i mean it was you know what i had in savings and, yeah. and and sat on it and then you go okay well business is back but i mean it was pretty much like everybody started over yeah, like well, you had to start over and to the dj point some people were just like okay we got to close at 11. No DJ. Eight, or 8 o'clock. Yeah. We're starting at 8 o'clock. I mean, yeah. I would I would drive past a, a, a bar by my house, and, you know, at 9 o'clock, I mean, it's there's not a single parking spot empty. Like, it's packed. And I'm like, okay. And then I had um, – there's a guy that actually works for the, the city. Um, I overheard him talking to his buddy. He goes uh, – I'm trying to use my words carefully so I don't out him. So, um, anyways, he goes – well, um, now that the bars are shut down, we're just going to have huge house parties. I mean, <laughs> right. it's not gonna, I mean, it's not going to stop us from right. gathering. So it's like the people that are going to gather are going to gather anyways. Right. So why take money out of the out of the you know bartenders and servers' pockets? The speakeasies, uh, for, yeah, for the days of the speakeasies. Yeah, yeah, those don't exist. Not at all. <laughs> definitely not. Exist. It was definitely a tough time, though. I mean, watching that, I just don't think that they had. And, and, and the thing, and I'm not in their shoes to make those decisions, but there was, I think, some lack of sensitivity as far as, you know. Oh, yeah. When it being a polit- a, a politicized in an election year was not helpful. I mean, not helpful at all. It was, it was made. All the decisions had to go through that scope first. Um, so I, I think had it not been um, an election year, I think it would have gone a little bit differently. Um, not entirely because people, you know. They still have their thoughts, beliefs, right, and what have you. But it's it's been wild to watch. But it was interesting because you could go in places at nine, nine o'clock, and it was they were like, "Hey, we're here. Yeah. What's up? What's up?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah, just packed, just to the gills. And I'm like, "What? What? Why are we, what? What are we doing here? What are we doing yeah. here?" Well, I'm here. Might well, as well that, get a shot. Well, that's like we always talked about. I mean, you know, Home Depot and Lowe's and Costco. I mean, they're all packed and. You know, it's, I mean, during, and during the actual shutdown, during the dining room shutdown, I mean, they were, I mean, Home Depot's stock skyrocketed, Lowe's, yeah. I mean, all that stuff was killing it. And it was just people, tons of people were in there. You saw videos of tons of people in there. That, and they were bored. So they're like, let me start yeah, these honey projects. Lists. Yeah. Let me do this stuff. Right. And those places yeah. saw that. I started saw, a few of those. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with, with that, it was, it was really frustrating because we knew, hey, I don't, I mean, Lowe's has more attorneys than I have employees. Right. Like, so, I mean, I, you know, like, what am I going to do? Right? right. I mean, so luckily we have, you know, like I said, associations like the Oklahoma Restaurant Association and whatnot that have been uh, helpful throughout it. But, I mean, it definitely felt like restaurants were being blamed. I mean, for every mandate to come out and be like, all right, uh, restaurants have to close at 11. Everything else, y'all good. But those restaurants close at 11. And then the next time, hey, restaurants. Got to keep your table six feet away. Everybody else, y'all good. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, I'm like, what? Why is this all our fault? I swear. It's, I mean, we literally, what was funny is I took a, uh, so a prior question, Cardinal Club, I did deliveries as well, right? So, but we had to adjust the menu. So like those fillies and stuff like that uh, came from the shutdown. So we, our signature dish is the smoked American Wagyu tomahawk that we smoke or in our gateway drum smokers, right? So... Nobody's ordering a $150 steak to go, most likely. We did have some businesses that were like, hey, you know, we're, we're having a, a big meeting, a bank or something like that. Be like, hey, 
go ahead and bring it. And I would bring it and I would carve it off the bone, you know, at the, at the bank. And, and I put a picture up online and somebody goes, and this was like before even like anybody had ever even worn a mask. Like this was, this was back even when Fauci was saying no mask. And they said, obviously save it for the healthcare workers and blah, blah, blah. But, um, I was just cutting it. I had gloves on everything. And somebody goes, you would think in this climate that you would wear a mask when you prepare food. And I was like, don't, we have to hold licenses and certifications for food safety. We have classes. We have, we have health inspectors come and inspect us. We have to maintain a level of training, level of cleaning, everything like this, or we get shut down and lose our livelihood. So I was, that one comment set me off to where I was like, okay, I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to look for your sanitizer buckets. <laughs> I'm going to look for your manager certification. And I'm going to do all this because, you know, unless you're wearing a mask while you prepare your own food in your own house, I don't want to hear it. No, no restaurants have ever worn masks. It's not foodborne. So that brings me to this. So when, when all this went on with, with COVID and corona and it's, you know, showed up, whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, we hit a new level of cleaning. Like the <laughs> yeah, for <What>? sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, this is what I've said. I said this to my wife, too. I said, I go, people up north are typically, I mean, they, they do things in their home more, like, as for cleanliness. They take off their shoes at the door. You know, you wash your hands immediately when you come to somebody's house. Like, these are things that I did with my host families that I lived with up north. It was definitely, like, it was it was jarring that people were shocked that they had to wash their hands. That was the thing. So we hit a new level of being clean. So it was washing your hands, cleaning up your areas, different things of, you know, hygiene and all this other stuff that I, I was looking at. And was like, what, what, you know, what were we doing before? Yeah. <laughs> like, what were we? My biggest thing, though, was when they were talking about, uh, and they obviously still do, but staying six feet apart. And you go in places and there's the stickers on the floor and it telling you where to walk and all this other stuff. Were we on top of people before? I mean, we, I don't like people being on top of me, either. but that's me. That's from being in a bar. That's from yeah. growing up in a bar. Yeah, I, don't I don't like people on top of me. I don't feel I don't feel it was aggressive by any means, but what what was funny was seeing those stickers on the ground and like you'd have two lines next to each other and they'd be six feet from the person in front of them, but like standing right next to the person to their yeah. right or left. Yeah. It was like they didn't make the they didn't make it like but the I do diameter. Feet. Yeah, the diameter was <laughs> But not. I do realize that people do get really close cuz I'll be in places and I'll I'm like, "Hey, you know, yeah. And, but I've always been that way. Like, there's no reason to be that close to me. But, yeah. I mean, obviously, apparently we weren't super clean. Uh, we were on, on top of each other. So in your restaurant, obviously, and everybody's had to do this, like, you know, adding uh, intervals that they clean and different cleaning products and all of that stuff, too. What do you think is the future of that as far as, like, is, you know, like, you obviously, your place is clean. You're having to make it super clean. Super clean. I went in there the other day to pick up food, man. <laughs> It was yeah. super clean. Oh, so, my damn. great habits to be in. I'm sure yeah. uh, that, you know, there is a cost to buying all of this extra stuff. So, what do you see in the long haul for that? You're like, hey, my place is already clean, but I'm taking all of these extra precautions. Is that something that you see in the long haul that is, is doable to have to, you know? I think we'll see. I think I think we can look at the years before um, COVID hit and see if it was an issue of – of sickness or anything like that before. And if there was, if there was no trace to, Oh man, um, you know, had, had the old flu outbreak because this restaurant, like it's, you, you never heard of, of any situations going on like that before. 
Um, I think we are getting some good training if this were to ever happen again. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking at right now, we're looking at all these plastic dividers. Mm-hmm. Uh, those weren't cheap. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's interesting because we were, um, I didn't even notice them. Yeah. They were pretty clean. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, do you, do you invest in those? And then you're like, okay, well now I've invested in that. I don't know. Next time I'm going to be shut down and have no money. So, right. That's like that story from that lady out in California. Yeah. She's like, do I retrofit my store for thousands of dollars or do I use my thousands of dollars to pay rent or payroll? Yeah. Like, I mean, so she retrofitted it for outside, and then the state shut her down. Yeah, and then she, and then there was a movie production serving food right on the street. Yeah, well, like I mean, right we saw a lot of places do the things that they felt that they needed to do yeah. to not be shut down, to stay in business, to go. Hey, this is all new to all of us. Yeah, exactly. So, what do we need? There to do? There was no right answer because right. Well, well, one part of it there was there was no right answer because there the the signals were so mixed. I mean, you know the. We got Broken Arrow that has absolutely shot down even a resolution for a mask, not even a mandate, just just for them to say, hey, we might think a mask is okay. They're like, no, don't even say that. And then Bixby just passed a resolution. Um, Tulsa's got a mandate. There's like, and then we're, of course, on the border of Bixby and Tulsa. So, and then you've got the, the governor doing one thing and then at a federal level they talk about other stuff and then you got the health department of Tulsa County and like the, the messages are just we cannot get on the same page so at you know we're governed by these different bodies right so I mean you know the state agencies you know can come in and and, and shut you down if you're if you're not complying to things but the city can do the same thing if you're not in compliance with certain things so you know do you just you just say well uh there's no like fluidity we'll do, through yeah I just wish everybody could get on the same page so did you ever feel at a point when all this stuff was going on and it was a back and forth where, you know, we were completely shut down, then we're open, then we're back and forth and all these different things. You've taken all the precautions, you've cleaned everything, you have all the stuff that you need. Then they still said, this is 11 o'clock, these are the rules, this is what we're doing. Did you kind of get to a point where you were frustrated, like, I, what more can I do? How, what, what can I do? Yeah, I just, I, just, I just needed it to make sense. Like, I needed to, I mean, kind of like the lawsuit said, like, I needed it to make sense. Like, make sense to me that, a place can be packed for Sunday brunch, you know, and they can't be in. I mean, even places that weren't packed, like right. at, at midnight, like small places, like you don't think. Like, I mean, I get some of the places that seat like eleven people. Like, I get that you can't really space very very easily. But I mean, and then part of the problem is you you, you shut all that down, and then you get all the all the political drama, all the all this going on, and then when you open it back up to 2 a.m., the crowds are even bigger than they were because now it's, hey, we won. We, we won. Let's go celebrate and show them. So now you've created a bigger problem for yourself. So that was, that was my issue with the 11 was not necessarily the content of the, um, of the new mandate order, whatever you want to call it. Um, it wasn't the content of it. It was just another, another mandate that had to do with bars and restaurants and nothing else that was the problem we could we could have had a mandate that said got to shut down at midnight and then the next one shut down at 11 but if they continue to just put the idea in the back of people's minds that restaurants are dangerous then that's that has long-term effects right you know so that gives people anxiety like you know do we, i want to go there yeah we've all. had people walk in we have a whole upstairs at cardinal club completely separate like you walk in the the stairs are all the way at the front. You don't even have to look at the dining room, like, completely separate. And we have 
we've had people that are like, will come in and I'll be like, hey, you go up here. They're like, yeah, and then they'll sit up there and they're like, I ah, just, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable. There's too many people in here. I'm like, you you can't even see any people. <laughs> you can hear them. You can't even see anybody. Like, they're not close enough. They're, I mean, they're 15, 20, 25 feet away from you. But they're like, we don't want to be in here. But, you know, I think so much of that is it's been drilled into their head by every mandate that has bar and restaurants. You need to do mm-hmm. this. Bar and restaurants. But, well, if you hear But to your point, else. I don't have any lobbyists that are going to go in and be like, hey, maybe you should. Well, I just wonder how many. I mean, there's got to be probably in the hundreds of how many restaurants have closed down in Oklahoma since the pandemic. Absolutely. So I was just curious on, I mean, you, you don't have anybody really pulling for you. How do you go? How do you go to bat for it? You just hope that the Oklahoma Restaurant Dave, Association, Dave Portnoy from uh, Barstool, he's got <laughs> yeah. the Barstool fund going. Yeah, he's hooking up. Uh, I think he's, he's getting up Coney Islander. Yeah, Coney Islander. Funding. That's good though. Um, I love Coney Islander. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's you know it's it's tough because it's you know restaurants are a massive. It's it's a very odd dynamic because restaurants. Uh, I saw a statistic. I think it's like the the food service industry. I think is like a, the third largest employer in the country or something like that. It's 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 way more than people right. expect, but it's also the largest number of independent small business owners. I mean, you know, you don't have these massive conglomerates. I mean, obviously you've got some big restaurant groups, but they're not, they're not as massive as some of these other, some of these other companies with corporate lobbyists. To do well, this, keep, the other. I mean, I would think that a, that a nicer restaurant is going to be more sanitary than say like a Whataburger or things like that, or like a Chili's. You would think, but man, when we when we uh, it was funny. I saw on Facebook, and uh, we were struggling to get people at get to go orders at trays and whatnot. And uh, I saw on Facebook, and I was I was trying to market. You know, every day I made a post about something like like Hey, get your orders in, blah blah blah, right? And somebody made a post, and actually, like a good buddy of mine made a post. Hey, uh, if you want to get your order at Chili's, make sure you. Uh, Make sure you get it in now. They're on a two-hour wait for to-go orders. I'm like, why? <laughs> why is why is Chili's on a two-hour wait for? T- I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, so like, there's not a single dish that Chili serves that would win a blind against. I mean, any local. I'm not, and I'm not just stumping for my place. Like, I mean, any of the local spots. I mean, you you, you put it up against any of the local spot, and it's gonna lose. But yet, it's like, hey. They've got the they've got that million dollar marketing. They, they see a commercial, and you see, well, you know, that and it's almost like you know. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, I got you. I got you. You're good. Um, <laughs> but it's almost like you're saying with the marketing and the being familiar with certain places and stuff. So now and it and I do follow you on Facebook, so I I saw the marketing and the pictures and all the stuff you had to do. Yeah. So and I even thought we um, I think we talked to the guys at Trenchers about the same thing too because they've. You've you've been in there, but they've got the walk up windows. That oh, I haven't been inside there, but I've talked to people that have been inside there because we used to order to go. Okay, so you always have, but they have, if I remember correctly, a walk up window. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? All right. So for you, the to go thing was kind of a new deal for you. For mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. now that seeing the marketing you've had to do, all that stuff to get everything going, is it something that's now an added part of your business? Yes, uh, not the delivery side. Um, not the delivery side, because now that we're back open in some capacity, we need to be able to focus on right. the, the the section of the market that actually does visit restaurants now. Now the competition is so fierce to get 
get them because your market was, you know, 20,000 people that live in a however many mile radius, you know, but then you think, you know, maybe half of those people aren't comfortable going to restaurants. Well, you know, those that your whole customer base being cut in half, you're like, man, every single person walks through that door, like, you better knock this out of the park because, right. man, everybody's going after these, you know, these 10,000 people um, where there before there was a little more to go around, you know. So um, it, I think we, we definitely did learn some things about um, how better to uh, take care of our, our to-go customers and, and, and things like that, even just from a, from a product standpoint, um, from a uh, logistical standpoint, um, processes, um, you know, the, the, the timing of how we, how we – uh, fry the fries if we double fry them if we do this if we do just little things little tweaks like that um, kind of gave us a basically a large focus group to tell us hey this could be better you should you should fix this whereas before we were doing a ton of to-go food so we had you know a few people be like hey you know the you know whatever the soup could be served in something different well now we had our whole customer base like eating only out of to-go boxes so it was like oh okay we need to okay so it did force us to to innovate and and that's what that's how it always is. i mean that's how it is with a lot of business but you know you gotta you gotta innovate or, or yeah you, but you're, you you're changing it up every month or two like you're like oh new, new new way we gotta go all right let's had, had to had to you got i mean and that's what it's so funny because i mean funny may be the wrong word but we always talked about oh two weeks Two weeks to, to flatten the curve. That was how many months ago? They don't even say that anymore. Seven or eight months ago. Like, <laughs> right. It was like two months, guys. Flatten it the curve. It was always, yeah. Like, and it's like, golly. So we never knew, you know, do you want to do, do, like I said, something like this? And oh, do we, do we want to install walk-up windows and do drive-throughs? And, like, Texas Roadhouse invested all this money into, like, putting in, like, basically, like, New like drive through protocols like changed off a whole new window and like they have a new yeah. pickup like their whole waiting room is now like a pickup like they've done all this but parking lots but, have like, changed all that but like doing and obviously Texas Roadhouse has uh, slightly more money than I do but um, <laughs> but and they they, they, they have a great they have big lobbyists yeah exactly exactly so uh, um, anyways they I mean when do you make that call right two okay two weeks to flatten the curve okay cool all right maybe we can make it oh another month well should we should we totally rework our infrastructure to, to cater to, to this yeah. new way? Oh, it could be another more, another month. And it's then it's we- so weird that they just didn't, I mean, the, the thing is you still don't know. No. I mean, we know a little bit more. It makes us look like we were idiots back then. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But you just don't know anything. And it's just terrible to lose so many good local restaurants over it. Uh, I agree. It's uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. These next, uh, these next few weeks will definitely be interesting to see if we get any, any new, you know, federal. Um, well, you did that patio too. You did that patio. At yeah, thank God, I did that yeah. last year. Um, I did that last year just to expand the the footprint. Mm-hmm. You know, we I wanted a patio, I wanted a covered patio, heated. I wanted to expand it to four seasons, uh, watch sports out there because you know the way our floor plan is set up, you know, we have the large bar in the middle. So if somebody wants to have like a twenty top. It gets real dicey because mm-hmm. we can't put one right down the middle, right? So part of the reason to put the patio in was to be able to accommodate larger teams that were coming down from Bentley Park um, from Bixby. So we put that patio in, and then, boom, COVID hits. And people are like, you got to eat outside. And I was like, thank God, God I thought of this. <laughs> I was like, good you, Lord. You got patios at both places, though. I got though. so lucky. Yeah, Cardinal uh, Cardinal isn't covered, but, man, it's, but it's massive. I mean, it's it's 
really, really big. So it's got fireplace in it and lounge furniture and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to a full spring and summer of actually having a, a patio open because, right. you know, we, we open up this new restaurant, big, gorgeous patio, all that, and they're like, hey, can't have anybody. And at the time, like, we couldn't even, like, serve them on the patio, right? So it was like dining rooms closed, but, you know, I couldn't have normal service to the patio either. Like, it could be a thing where, like, oh, here, take it to go, and then – if you should so happen to sit down on our patio and eat it, like, I'm not going to kick you off. But, yeah, it was very weird. And then, like I said, everybody, like, everybody, everybody put in cities across the country, they put things outside. They put tables outside. They put, and then when it got cold, they put a roof over it. And it was like a tent. And they put walls on it. And it was like, hey, you're, you're resting. You can't eat inside unless your inside is outside. Like, what? What? Like, it, it made, but you had to do what you had to do. It didn't make any sense though. I'm like somebody, somebody make it make sense. Like that's all. That's all I ask. Like somebody email me why it makes sense that you can just say have a one, two, three. Dining room. Yeah, this, these are the reasons. Give this me one, two, three. This is why. So I wasn't here for the first time you were on the show, and he was our first ever guest. Yes. Yeah. Um, He's double backed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. not because we ran out of people. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, man. Should I should I check my calendar? And no. Go ahead. And uh, book yeah. Let's, so uh, can we get you second week yeah. of March? Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. No. It just seems to me. It seems like it's we're going to be opening up soon. I hope so. But well, Oreo was going to say something. Oh no! I was saying that um, he wants to talk about your rap battle. <sighs> oh, that's a, that's. I don't think we have I don't the time. Know, I don't know. If we're gonna get into that. Uh, I don't think I'll get there to but see my six o'clock reservations. Off the air. I need to know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I, I need love, to know the details of uh, this. Absolutely, I, lo- um, I love battle rap. Um, but no, so I wasn't here for the first episode, and you being able to talk about obviously when the Cardinal Club was first opening. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of obviously spoken on COVID and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and then just lightly of the concept of what you had. But can you just kind of explain kind of what the Cardinal Club is about? memberships, the ideas behind it, and just kind of you yeah, know, give the information because there's a lot about it I, I don't know. so Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Cardinal Club, so I used to own Cork back from 2014 to 2016, the wine bar that then became Stillhouse. Yeah, okay. Um, so we always, I always kind of wanted to get back into some upscale stuff um, to pair with trays. Uh, and the, you know, just was kind of patient with it. I thought about building a building, but I was like, you know, something something's going to come along. It, it'll always on the place, you know, the, the timing will be meant to be, right? So uh, Wine Loft became available, and it was in the same shopping center, and I was like, man, this is the perfect build-out for exactly what I want to do. So, uh, like I said, the membership, I've always said there's, there's probably three ways to really make good money in restaurants outside of just opening a billion of them. It's real estate, like the McDonald's model originally, you know, you buy the land, you know, you lease the land to yourself and all this. Like, if you if you own your building or own your land, you know, it can cut that rent or make your rent a mortgage. You can eventually pay it off. It becomes an asset. That's one way to do it. Um, being in a shopping center, obviously, that wasn't necessarily an option for me. Because often you put your concept in a shopping center and then you see if it works. And if it works, you go buy a building, right? So, um, the second one was expanding the market through online sales of some type. So like our Trays Nation stuff. So we have a ton of Trays Nation uh, merchandise that we've linked up through East Bay to make. So we have like Jordan, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, uh, you know, hats, hoodies, whatever. So we sell that uh, and you can reach a market, right? I can only sell a burger to people that 
are close enough to eat it while it's hot for the most part. Um, but I can sell a Trey's hoodie to somebody in Bangladesh. Like, so expanding the footprint, you know, that way and Theta Sauce, uh, we are now in uh, Ida Red sells us online. Ida Red sells us in her store. Siggy's. Siggy sells it in the store. I know that because I, I was gotta, there yesterday getting some meat yeah. to smoke. I got to drop another case by Ida Red. No, I'm glad. I'm glad we talked about this. Thank you for having me. So, um, I got to drop another case by Ida Red. But when um, we have you back on in two weeks, we'll remind you of your calendar. Then, thank you. So, with uh, with that kind of another good way to get another revenue stream into restaurants, and then the other one uh, to me was just membership fees, like some type of um, residual income type situation, um, recurring in- income, and the membership model is something that I've always liked. Um, you know, you see every gym do it and. You know, gyms are the opposite. They don't want you to show up. You know, the restaurant, I still, I still want people to show up. Yeah. Like, but, but like restaurants or gyms, they're like, oh man, we're going to have to wash more towels if all these people show up and then insurance rates go up, if more traffic. But man, if, if just everybody signs up for a gym, I mean, you look at Lifetime, God, they've got how many 5,000 members paying over a hundred bucks a month. I mean, quick math says that's pretty good, you know, so there's no, no wonder why they keep building all those things everywhere. So right. that's why I really like the membership model. So, um, and like I said, I just I felt South Tulsa was so underserved um, for the business community and the, and the, the fine dining community. So um, to be a member, um, we're at 102 members, uh, so we're past our founding membership, which we were thrilled to get to. Actually, on December 31st was when we got to 100 members. So that was our goal to do it in the first year. Um, but I guess the the stars uh, thought I meant the first year, like a like calendar year, like <laughs> 2020. So it ended up working out fine, but we were ahead of schedule, which was nice. Um, but Basically, there's a $100 initiation fee. It's $130 a month for a two-year commitment or $140 a month for a one-year commitment. Now, we also have bottle lockers, cigar lockers that come with some discounted purchasing and um, uh, some different benefits to them. Um, one of the things that I'm very, um, very strict about is never, never having any assessments and never having any quarterly minimums. I know there are a lot of clubs, um, whether they be social clubs, um, dining clubs, country clubs, anything like that, they have food minimums. So, hey, you know, over these three months, I think at Meadowbrook, I I don't think, I think it's 150 over three months or something like that. I forget what it is. But there are times, you know, I'll hear guys, hey, you know, we need to go eat at blah, blah, blah place because, you know, i got to spend this much money or else, you know, they take it out of me anyways. And that connotation is so negative people aren't excited to go eat there anymore because they feel like it's they're, not a necessity. At yeah, that point. exactly. They feel like they're obligated to go do it or else they're going to get charged for it. And I feel like it's also a crutch that, Hey, we're going to charge you for something like to help our business. And then hopefully you just don't come in. So, you know, we don't actually have to make the food. We just, we just make the money. And then also assessments like assessments are wild to me. I know Southern Hills got hit. The members got hit with outrageous assessments um, when they did their remodel. Uh, I know that the summit club uh, did some assessments and they're, I mean, their remodel is gorgeous, and they've been there for, I don't know, however many decades. But with me, if you're, if you're going to run your business, run it well enough to make enough money to improve your business and reinvest in your business. Right. So I think it's unfair to ask the membership to be like, hey, by the way, I know you're paying me monthly, and you're you know coming in and using my place, spending more money. But if you want to keep doing that, I'm going to hit you with these fees. Like, I don't like those hidden fees, you know. So, so that's why uh, it's it's always and another thing we do monthly billing. So instead of instead of doing at the end of the month, you get hit with your 
$2,000 bill for all your, your month's spending. We, we actually batch nightly. And then all you get hit for on your month is your membership fees and your locker rentals. So it's nice because from our perspective, it's nice from a cash flow um, perspective. We don't wait for just that. Oh God, I hope, uh, you know, I hope that one, one bill gets paid because man, we got rent you know what I mean? So, but uh, otherwise it's, it's nice from a transparency standpoint, you know, I've, I've been with, I've been with people at, at other places that bill monthly of the whole check. And they're like, man, I didn't, I hardly ate here this month at all. And they've got, you know, $500 worth of food purchases on here. What's, I mean, what's, you know, or, Hey man, I, I drank this whiskey, you know, only on my birthday and my birthday was this month. And it, it says that I drank it three different nights. So what's going on there? So I think just the transparency and not saying that, you know, anybody's doing anything that they shouldn't necessarily, but I think it's just easier to keep up with. And it, it builds the trust with the customer to say, Hey, you know that you're getting paying exactly for what you've consumed um, because it's right there on the list and you did it tonight. Tomorrow we start new. So, Are you going to do something else? Do you want to talk about that or no? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, de- I'm doing something else. I'm, yeah, I'm opening another restaurant, but uh, I think the press conference uh, ribbon cutting type situation is February 16th. So, Oh, that's my I, birthday. I don't want to. Oh, well, that's why we did it. Thank yeah, you. It's, oh, it's wow. A, look, look, yeah, look, 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 look at that. Look at him looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the exact week before my birthday. So yeah. I know. We've been yeah, over yeah, this. Talk, yeah, it was the last podcast. Yeah. yeah. Can, yeah. Can, 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 can we tease something in a post? Maybe maybe big things are coming? Yeah, I'll, uh, like yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, um, yeah, you can tease, tease whatever. It's, yeah. uh, it'll be, can you it'll give me a location? Okay. Bixby, yeah. Yeah, I like I, it. That's I, close to me. That's why I asked. Man, I really, I, yeah, I like it out south, man. I, I mean, downtown's got a ton to offer. We get, I mean, I've, I've actually never been in the Tulsa, but it's beautiful. Um, yeah, shout but, out to them for letting us do it. Yeah. Thanks, I, Justin. I love it in here. Um, but <clears throat> there's a lot to offer down here. Um, I just, I really like out south. That's where, you know, I've I've grown up, I've lived, and, and got a lot of friends You went out to there, Union? Got a lot of support, yeah. I know. You know what? So I've known you for a long time. I never knew that. Yep. You gra- I think you graduated a couple of years behind me. I was a seven. Yeah. Wow. I was a three. So. Okay, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> he said I was seven. I was like, oh. But I'm a three. Yeah. I graduated the same year you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't have to tell people. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows. Everybody that listens knows. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I just, like, I just like the area out there, and we've got a lot of support. So I kind of want to. Kind of want to use that momentum that we've built with the other concepts and the support with that to, to kind of and everything's way. kind of close together, so it's kind of like from a logistical, like yeah. a operational standpoint. I mean, it's it's been a blessing just to have Trey's and Cardinal so close to each other. I mean, I've I was there, right. I, I was at both spots this morning, just walking back and forth. <laughs> I mean, it's it's how's it doing over there? I'll, I'll be back. I'll go there. All right, well, we'll see Travis Although in thirty minutes after the walk. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny because people are like. Man, you should get a golf cart. Or, I was like, man, I'm a, like, it's already hard enough to keep weight off at a couple of restaurants and, and, and having a weird eating schedule. Like, I don't need to just – I can't be too lazy to walk right. like 60 yards. Like, Plus, there's a lot of growth out there, a lot of new homes being built, a lot oh, of stuff a, moving out there. So, there like, is. that's a pretty cool customer base to, to grow on. Yeah, and they're, and they're Anything nice out homes. south. It yeah, seems like nice all homes. the communities are. I mean, Broken Arrow's doing that shopping center right there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on 71st and Lynn Lane, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then down in Broken Arrow or in Bixby, they're doing tons of stuff down there. Yeah. yeah a lot of new shopping centers and a lot of new development, like nice stuff. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, they're they're doing things um they're doing things the right way. I mean, you can drive up and down hundred and twenty first and it's 
I mean, new development, new development, yeah. new development, which is great. I, a lot of my uh, members at Cardinal Club are, are home builders or in or in mortgages or uh, realtors or anything like that. And it's that's one of the nice things is they're building these nice big homes. They can take them to their private lunch. They can spread out the plans and go over that, and they don't have to worry about, you know, the you know server trying. Hey, man, I'm trying to get this table, man. We were on a way. No, that's mine. Something like that. Like, yeah, like, that's yeah, mine. Exactly. Or people discussing like financial issues or something like that. Like, if you want to go to lunch with your banker, you know, you don't want, you know, your ex-wife sitting at the next table. You know, like, <laughs> uh, is that happening? Six feet. Hey, man, it's Tulsa, man. There's only like it's it's small, man. Oh wow. It's small. Oh man. Um. What are you? I know you don't want to talk too much about it, but do you already have chefs in place? Because I know last time Cardinal <laughs> Club chef that was a bit of an issue, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was. Yeah, I was talking to somebody at the Cardinal Club, but um, then that one fell through. Yeah, and I was. I mean, it was a. I mean, the luckiest I've ever been because <laughs> Carla's been fantastic for us, and uh, we've had a great working relationship, kind of getting this thing through um through the shutdown and things like that so it was funny because yeah she messaged me she said hey congratulations on the place and i said yeah it really she, thank you so much and she goes are you excited i was like what well, i'd be more excited if i had a chef she was like oh word i was like what are you doing these days she's like well you know i'm kind of took a took a little bit of a break i was like just come by and see the place why don't, you, why don't you just come by and see the place? It's a nice place. Come on, just just pop by. Say hi. So once she saw the place, I was like, all right. So now that you've seen the place, let's <laughs> let's talk here. So You haven't heard that story, have you? Ended up, ended up working out great. She's been um, she's been a blessing uh, for us. And, and I think she's had, had fun with it as well, kind of being her first big uh, executive job, uh, executive chef job. So she's worked at all the – all the great spots downtown. She's worked for some fantastic chefs, great local chefs. So it's been kind of cool to see her carve out her own path uh, out south. But, yeah, as far as we'll be staffed. We'll be, we'll be all right. Oh, you just said what it was. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, that's fine. I didn't time. It's all right. I'll, 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 but in case you missed it, you can rewind it back, folks. Yes, exactly. Right yeah, it's all right. Exactly. Sure, you can edit that out. <laughs> redacted. We yeah, we could if we wanted to. Redacted. Oh, wait. hey, you don't want me to, you want me to deny coming on third time next week? What the heck? Come on, man. We need no. him. <laughs> Make up yeah. a, a we need order him. of your guests. I got to come on, man. I know, right? Well, uh. yeah. <laughs> I had to do the math there, but no. Yeah, I call you. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, and she does her own charity stuff as well with other young chefs. Yeah, so actually, uh, that's something we're, we're we're looking to kind of expand on a little bit. Um, it's always kind of been part of our core way, the way we run things between trays and and, and cardinal and whatnot. So, Giving back to the community. Yeah, just get like just getting involved, like you know, being good neighbors, if you will. Um, so she actually, we uh, the national charity league reached out. Um, one of their members is another owner in the shopping center, so they came down and she's like, "Hey, we've got." a bunch of these uh these women in this and it's a, it's a great group and we want to do a a chef presentation a demonstration if you will on zoom and she asked me that and i said hey carla uh, or i said reach out to carla if she if she won't do it she knows a ton of chefs that that might so um then later carla's like yeah i agreed to do it i was like all right cool so uh yeah she's uh she was doing that for uh national charity league so hopefully we can kind of fold that into our our new operations if you will 
I'm telling you, man, you guys should just do a podcast back there. Yeah, yeah, we don't have a ton of time. I have a ton of time. I know she's making she's making green chili, uh, um, prepping green chili right now because we've been doing the Sunday family meals. Yeah. So we've got the green pork chili. We're roasting off the pork uh, for that. So yeah, Saturdays uh, Saturdays during the days, Sundays during the days. Basically, our, even our slower times, but not like Sundays. Like now, that's like fam- family meal day. I'm about to go home and smoke a pork butt. So yeah, yeah, yeah. On that on that hasty bake. Yes. You need to get yourself a gateway drum smoker, man. What? I mean, shout out Hasty Bake, local company. You know, you guys are great, but you know, no, I, you know, I, I can't afford you guys. You know, it's, I think I, uh, I got the gateways. I think we got uh, one of the Hasty Bake reps going to come on. Oh, yeah. brand rep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went to high school with him. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. George Foreman grill. Tell, tell him I say hi, <laughs> man. George Foreman. He said, yeah. Man, it was. Uh, I remember back in college at OU, we uh, a couple of my uh, my pledge brothers. Man, it was so funny. They. Uh, they put a George Foreman grill because we had sweets, right? So connected to the bathroom. Put a George Foreman grill in the uh, bathroom and would cook in there because they would turn the shower on, get the steam going, and so it would it would pull everything up, and you couldn't smell it in the hallway. So we'd just have like a cookout in the dorm, like and just grilling up some hot dogs or some brats or whatever wow. like, on the on the old George Foreman. That's hey, hilarious. Man, it comes through. It comes through. Oh, dude, I, it's lit, bro. I had I've had at least five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know. Oh, wow. I got a blackstone too, so I got a couple things back there. It's oh, wow. pretty fancy. Slow down. Yeah, calm down, man. Yeah. I like I like the flat top, the griddle. Wait, did, you just, did you just pull the, the hibachi the national <laughs> sign for hibachi? Yeah. Wow, that was awesome. Oh, no. yeah. What? Was so a, you knew what yeah. I was talking about? Yeah, absolutely. My dad got one too because I got one. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, it's kind of funny because Tokyo Garden opened up on the corner between the two spots, and after going in there a couple of times, I'm like, I mean, I got a flat top. But, <laughs> so I went into trays and started doing like volcano, like the the onion volcanoes right. and stuff like that. Oh, I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, I like, I'm not quite, you know, I can't coordinated uh, enough. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it full time by any means. But and it took me longer to do the onion volcano than than I'd be. I'm a to fan admit, of Shoguns. I like Shoguns. Man, that used to be my go-to birthday spot Dude. back in the day. Me too. Yeah, man. That's I would get it every time. Steak and shrimp. Must be a February. Yeah, exactly. Must be a yeah, February baby we probably, thing. We probably probably the same time at one point if like the birthdays fell. That like, was the prom yeah. spot. Really? Everybody went there for prom, like to eat yeah. before prom. Yeah. yeah. I didn't go to prom. I played hockey. Yeah, so you couldn't get a date? Is that, is that no? Right? I just was doing hockey. What it oh, oh, okay. That's what, it sounded that's what like. I was like, man. Probably not. But. Okay, I was about to say, I was like, wow, like that was. I mean, if you want to talk about it, I didn't participate in school. Uh, okay, like yeah, we can. I mean, we can talk about it if you want. No, I think the end product is enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, who you guys uh, partnered up with? Do you guys have a burger this month? I mean, the month's yep. over, almost over. Do you uh, know who you're going to do for February? Because, since we slowed down uh, a little bit, I thought it was, I thought it wasn't doing as much for the um, organizations as I wanted it to. Uh, so now we've doubled up um, December and January together. Mm-hmm. And we'll do February and March, things like that. Just to, I mean, you don't want to hand somebody a, you know. Fifty dollar check and be like, right. "Hey, we featured you. Here you go." Mm-hmm. Like so, um, yeah, we're doing the Pearl House. Um, my buddy Steve um, Bullard, he's a great guy. Um, he does uh, the Pearl House is in Ghana, and it's basically um, they do job training. It's a schoolhouse uh, for um, young girls that don't have the opportunity, any opportunity for any education, uh, any 
work skills, uh, anything like that. So um, they were obviously getting into all kinds of bad things in Ghana, um, you know, whether it was trafficking and, or, you know, uh, the, the drug um, community and whatnot. So uh, it was great. They, they got this house, and uh, they've had it for, for, for years, and, and they, they take these women in, and they have a whole program and put them through the whole school and then um, get them job training so they can go and get jobs out on the other side. You're so, doing that February and March? Uh, no, that's, that's ending January. Oh, got you. So, but we haven't uh, I haven't picked February one yet. But nice. I'm sure you'll. Sounds like a chef. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds like the chef. Exactly. Oh. exactly. We got plenty. Of, we got plenty of time. I guess. Another week. What time? Is, what, what day is it? We got another week. Twenty. Twenty six. Twenty third. Twenty third. Twenty third. We got time. We got, oh, wow. plenty we got this. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Trust well. me. There's. I mean. There's. There's plenty of nonprofits to pick from that are doing. Oh, I'm sure great of it. Stuff. So. And you always do local ones. Yeah. This was. This was the only one that we've done that isn't directly local, but it's run by local people. So it was quasi-local, if you will. But, yeah, mo- most of them have been – I think our largest we've done is Folds of Honor, um, which is great. Obviously, it's locally headquartered and everything like that, but it's a massive uh, organization. And then, yeah, other than that, we're doing – you know, a couple we've done ones in Broken Arrow and Bixby and Jinx and stuff like that. Trimble Strong and Bixby Outreach Center and Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, the Tulsa chapter, things like that. Well, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a Travis interview if we didn't at least talk a little bit about OU. Oh well, of course. What do you think your chances are next year for football? <sighs> a lot better than Notre Dame, that's for sure. <laughs> um, that's for well, sure. yeah, but, we won't have anybody. Our quarterback's gone. That's been true since the '80s, though. So we um, made the playoffs. But yeah, hey, well, trust me, we've 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 told that story before too. We <laughs> we've told that story before too. Um, but honestly, the the feeling around the program is twenty twenty one is a unique window uh, for OU. I mean, if you look at what we bring back specifically, just just if you look at Spencer Rattler alone, um, you know, we return the highest rated you know passer in the country and Alabama. Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Texas A&M, Texas. All of them have new quarterbacks. So, I mean, you're breaking in a year one quarterback. I mean, sure. I mean, Bryce Young, like DJ down in Clemson, like they're wildly talented. But who knows? Like it's still – I mean, Spencer was the top quarterback in his class, and even he had hiccups, you know, early in the year and whatnot. I mean, he, he grew up so much. I mean, are you going to count on, you know – somebody from around the country, a true freshman, or somebody starting their first year to have a Trevor, Trevor Lawrence-type impact and go off and win a national title in the first year starting? Not likely based on history. A lot of people don't think he's going to do good. Who? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Really? I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, okay, we're, we're looking at, you know, Super Bowl MVP, you know, on the rookie deal right away. I mean, we're not looking at um, Mahomes-type success, but I think a lot of Mahomes' success – He's extremely talented, so there's no slight. But I think a lot of my home success is Andy Reid. He's in a um, good system for and he's, sure. He's, I mean, Andy Reid is fantastic. And it's, it's, it's hard because there's a lot of Chiefs fans that are like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is, is God, right? But then you're like, okay, well, so then what do you think about Andy Reid? Oh, Hall of Fame coach. Okay, did, do you think Andy Reid has anything to do with Pat, Patrick Mahomes being that good? No. I'm like, <laughs> 
the two are related. Like, yeah. like, the, yeah. like, like one coaches the other. Like, you can't, you can't, you know, just assume that there's it would it, it, Mahomes would just would have would have hit anywhere. But I think that's, you know, if I think if Trevor Lawrence would have would have been sat behind Alex Smith for a year, and then been in that system with those players and that coach, I think Trevor Lawrence would be putting up similar numbers. Yeah, I mean he's. And people forget Crazy. too. There's two sides to the ball. You've got your offense and you got your defense. Yeah. And people forget that. That I mean, <clears throat> I think what helped Clemson a lot. Uh, obviously, you know Trevor Lawrence and the offense and great coaching system. But I mean, you have uh, Brent. Uh, Brent Venables. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he put four defensive linemen in the, <laughs> in the same draft, and like, I think, yeah, I think almost all of them went in the first round. Like it was, it was outrageous. But it was, it's, and that's to the point of OU's defense. Like, even right. I was listening to um, Josh Pate on the two four seven podcast. Uh, yesterday about it and he was like look he's like OU's defense has been pretenders for the times they've been in the playoffs like it's just Mike Stoops is and we can get on that Mike Stoops stuff with Texas I don't know if you guys heard that but it is bad no we'll talk about it we'll talk about it but OU's defense oh the the argument at Texas yeah I've heard about all that yeah where he got hired but then some big money donor came over the top of the AD and the head coach and and said you can't hire him because he said mean things to an assistant principal in Texas back like two years ago, when he, or three years ago when he was coaching at OU. Yeah, Harry's not like, very nice. Oh, weird. But my- OU coach negatively recruited Texas. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Mac Brown, when he was OU's coach, ever negatively recruited Texas before he went to win them a national title. I wonder, or if he just had glowing things to say about right. their biggest recruiting rival. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, you know. <laughs> The defense has been so bad that my wife would be like, "I'm done with this game," you know. And then, but now she's like, "Our defense looks great." I'm like, "Yeah." That's what but. I think is going to be special about next year. Obviously, Spencer Rattler I think's a stud, and you've got yeah. some great offensive pieces. But now it's like our when they is so sc- good now. when they score when it, when our offense scores, then it's like the defense can kind of hold some things down because it's been literally they feel comfortable the past few years. It's just shootouts. They feel well, comfortable with me, it was, turning the it ball was, over. It was two points. It was. It was nice. I saw there was a ranking of, like, the top ten games of, of last season. And OU was on one of them, and it was OU Texas. But, like, a lot of the other games, like, against OSU and, and, and things that would have traditionally been great games, like, there were blowouts because the defense hung around. Like, like late yeah. in the game, like, like, we won by multiple scores because our defense just held up. And for the first time in years, I was – I found myself watching games and being more excited to watch the defensive line than to watch Spencer Rattler, which was just – it felt really weird. But I was like, oh, man, let's see what this defense can do. Oh, I'm so excited. And then, like, Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, 918 kid, like, like they're, that defensive line is outrageous. And, you know, we might pick up a couple through the portal and see how that goes. I know we're targeting a couple people. Yeah, I think uh, my buddy Corey Ray posted that there was, like, a massive amount of – people in the portal oh god well i mean i think the whole state of tennessee is in the portal yeah not just the yeah. college like, florida too um yeah. well they well, all got called scout team players by dan mullen and they're like oh okay cool i guess for the scout <laughs> yeah. team i guess you don't want us have fun actually playing with the scout team see how that does right um before we get going are you guys doing anything do you guys have anything playing i know you do wings for trades super bowl right uh yeah we'll do are you guys uh, doing any other platters or anything yeah we'll do we, we usually do uh um we do tiered packages so we'll have uh, the starter package, which is, uh, you know, the most affordable, if you will, and it's got a lot of appetizers in it. And then we'll have uh, the Pro Bowler package, and then we'll have the MVP package. So it's just goes up from there. The MVP package is pretty much like, hey, you don't you don't have to bug your your buddies to to pick up, you know, whatever on the way. 
this is, this is going to be all the food you probably need for your party. So, nice. um, so yeah, we, we'll, we'll do that again. That's been, um, that's been fun in the past and uh, I'm, I'm really excited and I'm really intrigued to see what the Super Bowl matchup's going to be. Cause right. man, if it's, if it's a Rogers Brady Super Bowl, I mean, that's going to be, be, that's going to be fun to watch. I mean, cool. I mean, I hate the Packers being a Vikings fan, but yeah, so I'd rather them just, well, why did I say that? No, they're in the NFC championship. So having a Mahomes Brady, that's the one I wanted. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming by, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. It's always. Let me let me know when uh, <laughs> when's next. He's almost about to be promoted to co-host. Yeah, you're, yeah right? you're a local celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Always on the news. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, what, hey, the, the news is always about just being available. Yeah. Like I let people know. Like, like I reached out to all of them. I'm like, hey, I'm at the restaurant every single day. I've got right. a bar and a re- I mean bar and grill and a restaurant. So if you need different perspectives. And that's the thing with news. They're like, hey, uh, this just came down on my desk. I got to have a story filmed and edited by 5 o'clock, and yeah. it's 2 o'clock. I'm right. like, all right, come on. Let's, let's rock. Yeah, let's go. Like, so, and then I, I text a couple of them and be like, hey, uh, you know that lawsuit? Um, it's supposed to have a ruling, <laughs> and then I'm doing this differently for, Jan- for uh, New Year's Day because of the 11 o'clock ruling. Do you want to come and kind of talk about that? They're like, oh, that might be a good idea. I'm like, ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, can I save your number? They're like, yeah, sure. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, I really do appreciate you coming yeah, by, hey, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Um, I'll be in there again soon. I'm just in a meat-smoking phase. I, I get it. You do you. <laughs> we've been in a meat-smoking phase since February 8th. Oh, we've, sold, yes. we've sold almost 900 tomahawks. Dang. And we, didn't, we, we, we literally put it on the menu. I mean, we didn't know what, what was going to You never know what's going to sell the most, right? Right. right. And we, uh, we put it on the menu, and it was like, okay, let's let's see. You know, it's a... It's a it's an expensive um, meal. It's like we're doing a Valentine special on it. So like, you get one hundred and fifty dollars for two people, but it also includes a uh, super salad and appetizer, as opposed to just the steak with the sides. So, nice. Um, so we'll be doing that's a little more accessible for people who haven't had it. Um, but we always said it as kind of like a special occasion thing. We got dudes that come in and eat it for lunch. Like they'll call ahead and be like, "Hey, can you fire up the smoker? I'm hungry." I was like, "That's almost three <laughs> pounds of beef." They're like. I said I'm hungry. I was like, all right, bro. They're, they're like double potatoes, too. I don't need those vegetables. I was like, yeah. All right. Wow. But, yeah. Well. Sounds good. Oreo, you got anything? No, that's going to answer all my questions. I, I, I now know more. Yeah, that's now you I'm can talking. set up more questions yeah. for the next, <laughs> the next time. Yes, that's exactly Follow right. Yeah. Well, we're out. I appreciate you coming by. Hey, thanks. Later, everybody.